Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Today on With the First Pick, we'll go through some mailbag questions from you. But first, something a little different. Rick and I will do a mock draft for the top 10 picks. And I know what you're saying. That's not different at all. But here's the twist, Rick. Every pick must be traded. So take the current draft order. Throw it out the window because we're mixing it up on today's podcast. I'm Ryan Wilson. That, of course, is Rick Spielman. This is episode 122. Rick, how many days until the 2024 NFL draft? Okay, before I make the announcement, I just have to say that I was very upset with the rules going into this thing. I just have to get that off my chest. Now Duly noted, sir. Going forward. So, Debo, just so you know, it was not very well explained, but I will adapt. I'm becoming more and more adaptable to whatever gets curveball gets thrown my way. But, Brian, getting back to the point, guess what? There are only 70 days left until the 2024 NFL draft. Uh, If you're listening or watching, the very first thing Debo said to Rick is, quit complaining because people get angry when you complain. So what does Rick do? He complains (laughs) about the rules. (laughs) All right, so I I hesitate to ask this question, but Rick, do you understand the mock draft rules as Debo has explained them to you? Absolutely not. (laughs) It's the most bizarre thing I've ever done in my entire life. But I, I am willing to participate. That's I'm a team guy. I'm just the guy in the corner, uh, and I'm glad that uh, the scout in the corner gets to participate in these uh, mock trades rounds, well, or picks one through ten today. Right, picks one through ten. Every pick must be traded, and as Debo pointed out, it allows us to explore some trade options and possibilities. And I would imagine, with your thirty plus years of, of experience in the league, including more than a decade as the Vikings general manager, you discussed trade possibilities in the days or weeks leading up to the draft, right? Yes, but not like an hour before the show or before the draft started. The draft is 70 <laughs> days away. We're doing it the correct way. There How has you... been, this would have happened within two weeks uh, before the draft, after we finished our meetings and started our uh, group studies together. But we would have probably, I would start laying out scenarios. And every day you come in, you lay out three or four scenarios for about one to two weeks, one week and a half straight. Uh, what if this happens? What if this trade happens? Will we move up and do this? Uh, so it is a process that you go through. And if you do it correctly, uh, what and you really dive down into the situations, uh, it takes about a week and a half to do something that we just found out about an hour ago that we're going to do. But this will be exciting because it's basically – going off uh, and reacting of what's going to happen here over this uh, trade period that we're going to have, which I'm kind of excited about, to be honest with you. I don't like not having roles, but if (laughs) I don't have roles and I get to wing it, I am very excited about the opportunity to see what the heck happens over this next uh, portion of this podcast. Yeah, there you go. All right, first up. Is Is that a better attitude, Debo? 
he's not even talking to me anymore. Yeah. Is he? yeah. Yeah. He gave you the, oh yeah. Debo's not feeling well either. So what does Rick do? He doubles down and tries to make Debo cry. All right, here we go. The Bears are at the top by virtue of the Bryce Young trade. Can I trade now? <laughs> See, this is how it works. You got it. So do you want me to propose a trade partner? Or do you want to propose a trade partner out of the top 10? Uh, I'm going to propose a trade. All right. Who's trading up? Uh, I'm going to have the commanders trade up. Oh, just from two to one. All right. So let me set the stage here. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to guess. Cliff Kingsbury's a new OC. Cliff Kingsbury was with Caleb Williams last season uh, in USC. The comp for Caleb is the easy one, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was coached by Cliff Kingsbury back at Texas Tech. Am I along the, the right path here? Yeah, you're, you're going right down the right path. So they have a ton of cap space. It's a great market. They have struggled with ownership for decades. They have a new owner, new GM, new head coach. And they now they need a quarterback. I'm guessing you're of the opinion that Sam Howell isn't the long-term answer. So what are you doing? I am going to trade with Chicago, and then I'm going to select Caleb Williams in this mock. All right. I love it. All right. So it's easy, right? This is fun. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was just thinking, I think last year was the first Christmas you got to celebrate with the family. You guys went to like Harry Potter World or whatever. Did you say you are or you are not a roller coaster guy? Uh I I was a roller coaster guy until I did I think the Hulk the, the first Hulk. thing in the morning after breakfast and I became not a roller coaster guy for the rest of the day. <laughs> you had your Hulk breakfast and you went on the Hulk roller coaster. Yeah, at the Universal. Yeah. Bad football there. All right, here we go. Next up, the Bears have the number 2 pick. And Debo informs me that we can have teams trade out from outside the top 10 as well, but just the top 10 draft picks we're going through. Here's what I'm going to do. Tell me what you think about this. The Bears are now number two. They also have number nine. I'm going to have the Falcons trade it from number eight to number two with the Bears. Because the Falcons, again, new coach, Raheem Morris, his very first year as a head coach in Tampa Bay back in 2009, you know who they drafted in the first round? Matt Ryan. No, when he was a Tampa Bay coach, when Raheem was a rookie coach in Tampa Bay in 2009. Oh, 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 oh. No, I do not remember. Kansas State quarterback? Marcus Freeman. Josh. Josh Freeman. (laughs) Josh wishes he was Marcus Freeman, I bet. All right, so I'm going to have the Falcons straight up to eight. The Bears now have picks eight and nine. And we're not going through the draft compensation because we don't have all day for that. You can, whatever the best deal is for your team that's what happened and that way you can feel good about it and i'm gonna have the falcons take Jaden daniels Ooh! now you get Jaden daniels kyle pitts b john robinson drake london and that defense is good it's gonna get better with with raheem as the the uh, the, uh, the head coach slash dc i like that team to win the division rick I would agree because the NFC South is not very strong. So, and they have all the pieces in place. You know, they can add some things on defense, but they play much better on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they got the weapons on offense. And if you added Jaden Daniels, uh, along with Bijan Robinson, uh, Pitts, 
uh, London, all the guys they have over there, that would be a pretty explosive offense as a quarterback. You think Jane's a day one starter, or are there any issues there? Who's going to start? I mean, you going to start Ritter? Or I just mean in terms of experience or whatever things you might be concerned about. I don't know. No, I'm going right. Put him in there. Let him grow. All right. I don't disagree with that. All right. Next up. Uh, My turn. Yeah. The Patriots are up. They would love to stay here, I would imagine, but they can't. So, and you can trade any team from outside the the top 10 as well if you want to get crazy. Yeah. I know. We're trying to keep it somewhat realistic. All right. What do you want to do? I am going to have. The New York Giants trade with the Patriots what? to get ahead of the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, no. They're not going to take a quarterback? And I am going to have them take Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, see, Rick, this is fun. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, man. Daniel Jones just gave Brian Dable a huge hug. <laughs> He's like, I thought you were going to take Drake May there. Yeah, I know. No, I know uh, Arizona's going to take Marvin Harrison Jr., oh! so I have to move up to get him. So I'm going to move ahead of Arizona, and uh, I'm the Giants. I know I need another playmaker, a uh, potential future Hall of Famer, in my opinion. I'm taking Marvin Harrison Jr. All right. All right. I love it. Okay, I got to do some math here. So next up, the Cardinals are picking at four, right? Yes. I would love to just get crazy and have the Steelers trade up from 20, but I, that's not going to happen. What is going to happen, though? Oh, which team is it going to be? Which team is it going to be, Rick? I think I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos at 12. We're going to trade up all the way to number four. Arizona lost their dude. That's all they wanted was Marvin Harrison. They're willing to settle for Roma Dunze. Maybe they trade back up from Malik Neighbors. And that's something to keep in mind. If you want to trade back up as the Arizona Cardinals, who are now at 12, you can do that. And the Denver Broncos are going to take Drake May. There he so, goes. So, Debo, you got to keep us in the loop because I can't write this stuff down fast enough in terms of who's getting traded where. But I think Arizona is currently at 12, Rick. So they may, may want to move back up for another wide receiver. Maybe they're, they stay putting it off. It's a tackle. We'll never know because they're not picking up past pick 10. All right, so three quarterbacks off the board in the top four. Marvin Harrison goes before. Here, let's make a dollar bet, Rick. What go, what happens first? Three quarterbacks drafted actual draft night before Marvin Harrison, or does Marvin Harrison get drafted before all three? Are you talking no trades? No, just whatever happens on draft night, hero draft night unfolds. Uh, I will say Marvin Harrison will go before all three quarterbacks. All right. Give me the other side of that, Debo. That's going to be an interesting one. Just happened here. Love it. This this is way more fun than you thought, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's like a barrel of monkeys over here. You are a barrel of monkeys. I've, I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. You're a barrel of monkeys. All right. Next up, the Chargers will love an offensive lineman here or even uh, Malik Neighbors or Brock Bowers, but they can't do it. Who can do it, Rick? I am going to have the New York Jets trade with the L.A. Chargers. Jets are coming up from 10. Chargers are moving down five spots. Uh, I'm going to guess, and you can tell me, of course, in a moment, Malik Neighbors? No. Oh, what are you doing? 
Well, you, God, you're bad at this. Squeeze ball, count to 10. That's <laughs> 70 days. Go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. That's a Prince song. Yeah, there you go. So uh, you're going you're gonna to bolster the offensive line. That's boring. Go ahead. All right. I have the Jets coming up. They need to get a left tackle. They have Aaron Rodgers coming back. Their offensive line was forward last year. I think Beckham is up, or he's not the answer at left tackle. So I am going to go with Ole Fashanu. All right. The Penn State coming up in the Jets, getting ahead of Tennessee and New England. Both of them need offensive tackles. So I have the Jets coming up and getting the best left tackle in the draft. All right. The Patriots are on the clock after trading down from three. And at three is where the Giants came up to get Marvin. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here, like, what are the Patriots going to (sighs) do? They need offensive line help desperately. They need a quarterback even more desperately. They need a wide receiver desperately. They can't. Can they? Oh, because we trade, so they're eligible to pick. They can pick, and Debo enforcing that they don't have to trade down again. But in real life, would you trade down again if you had that opportunity? Maybe, maybe not. Very helpful. All right, I'm going to draft. I'm just going to assume they're going to sign Kirk Cousins or sign some quarterback that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> you can just snap your fingers. That happens. Uh, is this too early for Joe Alt? It's not, right? I don't know. Or do I want Malik? I'm going with... Uh, all right. I'm going to take Malik Neighbors. I know offensive linemen are harder to find, but Malik Neighbors is special. There are their receivers, for the most part, stink. And either Mac Jones will refine himself under Alex Van Pelt. <laughs> Or Kirk Cousins has to save the day. Man. Boy, Patriots fans would be very, very angry if they traded down, left Marvin Harrison Jr. for a few draft picks, and then got Malik. Malik's going to be a good player, though. All right, the Tennessee Titans have to move. Yep, I am thinking right now. Um, so Chicago, I can, because they have that pick that hasn't been traded yet, according to these bizarro land rules. Here, let me give so, you some names, too, by the way, outside of the top 10, unless you're looking at the draft order. Minnesota's at 11. Vegas is at 13. New Orleans at 14. Steelers at 20. I I, I have to – Debo, we, we stopped screwing around with that. Is it the ninth pick or the 10th pick? <laughs> right now, you're, <laughs> you're on pick seven right now. You're, you're the top. I know. Flop, I'm going to flop. Chicago moved up one. Okay. Because Chicago has the eighth and ninth picks right now. That's right. After trading yeah. down. And do you want me to trade the ninth pick because that one has not been dealt already? And yeah, do the ninth. It makes your life easier and you hate me less. Yeah. No, I, 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 drew, I, I adore you, Debo. <laughs> you know what the word adore means? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been sure yeah, Minnesota uh, showed me a door. <laughs> All right. So the Titans are moving down two spots. Yeah. And the Bears are moving up one spot or two spots. Two spots. I suppose. Yeah. 
And what are the Bears going to do? Okay, I got back-to-back picks here. Yeah. So, I'm going to go with um, Dallas Turner for Chicago. I'm going to get the... I can go either or. I just like position myself to take the best receiver and best pass rusher. It's just who I like. Can I give you some? Can I give you some PR advice? Yeah. If you don't want the fans throwing collective eggs at the television, take Dallas Turner second. Get get a sexy pick first. I love Dallas Turner, but you've already missed the quarterback. Why can't I take Adunze second then? What's the difference? Because fans players. are mad that you didn't take Caleb. Fans are mad that you didn't take Marvin. And then you take a defensive guy, they're going to riot. He's a pass rusher. Opposite right. of Montez Sweat. You can now, say that in the press I'm assuming they don't spend money and go get a Daniel Hunter or somebody like that. <laughs> you this can is... say that in the press conference when you're behind the uh, Pope Mobile glass and they're chucking eggs at you. <laughs> okay, because I could get back-to-back picks here, correct? Yeah. I'm just saying start with a sexy pick and then come back with the one that you need. That's not how it works in real life. Okay. All right. You do you, Rick. <laughs> I, I'm doing Dallas Turner, and because I got back-to-back, then I'm doing Roma Dunze. All right. No one heard the Roma Dunze pick because they're yelling and screaming at you with the Dallas Turner pick. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. And I would, like, just wait and hold it to turn both in after the 20-minute period because you can wait and let it pass, and you know you still have it. So who, who – if you're getting both players, who in the heck gives a, a rat's tail about when you take who? <laughs> I don't disagree. I'm just telling you how the world works in the in the NFL draft. <laughs> okay. All well, right. Apparently, I don't know. I'm just a scout in the corner. I never lived in that reality. Yeah. Why would you know? How would you yeah, have any experience? Yeah, what would I know? <laughs> take it. Take it from a guy who does four thousand mock drafts a year. That's clearly the the direction you you should go. All right. I like the picks, but for what it's worth. Next up, the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Any consideration of taking Brock Bowers here? Mm, they need they they need a playmaker. They but got would, you, you have to because they've already traded, so you can't trade that pick again. So you have to pick someone. You well, I mean, you're you're, you're a, a total. I like Brock Bowers. If you want to make this an A plus plus first ten picks. Can I give a suggestion? Or of course. Your pick. No, go uh, ahead. Yeah, give a suggestion. All right. I would have Tennessee take Joe Alt, and then the Chargers take Brock Bowers. And oh, everybody's you, you, happy. Yeah, I, I think the Joe Alt thing makes sense. You can't – I mean, you can take Brock Bowers, but unless Did he's – Did you watch their play, offensive tackles last year? Right. I was going to say, unless he's playing left tackle, it doesn't matter <laughs> what he's doing otherwise. All right, yeah, let's take Joe Alt. Got Peter Skronsky last year. And then – uh Rick gave the spoiler alert there. Brock, Brock, uh, Brock Bowers. No Terry and Arnold here. No Queen Don Mitchell no. if you're the Chargers. All right. Nope. nope. All right. That's it. All right. Let's recap these things, Debo. At the top, Washington trades up for Caleb Williams, reunites with Cliff Kingsbury. Falcons traded from eight to two to get Jaden Daniels. That's the best pick of this top 10, isn't it? No. All right. <laughs> this one might be, though, the Gi- the Giants move from six to three to get Marvin Harrison Jr. I think Giants fans would be legit excited. I would. I wonder if they'd be upset about passing on Drake May, but I think Marvin Harrison Jr. solves a lot of problems. Then the Broncos move up. They were originally at 12 all the way up to four to get Drake May. Then Olafashnu goes to the Jets. 
The Patriots are sort of stuck in the middle of nowhere, but they do get Malik neighbors, no quarterback, no offensive line help. And then um, two uninspiring picks made by the oldest GM in league history. <laughs> Rick Spielman takes Dallas Tucker first, then Roma Dunze. Uh, well, we'll just assume that the, the Bears go on to win the Super Bowl, and then Rick has his uh, payback. You don't like those two picks? I love them. The only thing I was saying is that fans are going to be yelling and screaming because no Caleb and no um, no Marvin. And then you just take Roma Dunze first, and they feel a little better, and then you come back with the defensive guy. I love Dallas right. Turner. All right. I know. It makes no sense to me what you're saying, but that's, I'm just a scout in the corner. How many times a week do you say that makes no sense to me what you're saying, though? That's the. About every podcast that me and you are on (laughs) together over the past year and a half. Exactly. So this is nothing new to me. It just, at this point, it's just uh, white noise. And then um, Rick makes a great point as a scout in the corner. Excuse me. Joe Alt goes to the Titans because they desperately need that help. And then Brock Bowers is. Going to the Chargers with Justin Herbert and Jim Harbaugh. So, Rick, honestly, that went better than you thought, didn't it? That was fun. That was fun. Good job, Debo. Yeah, Debo. It's like, uh, yeah, you don't know what you're coming into, and you came up with some kind of creative idea. And I actually enjoyed it freelancing instead of sitting there up till 9.30 at night before I go to bed (laughs) preparing for this <laughs> the nice straight scenario thing that was enjoyable. Great job, Debo. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna answer some mailbag questions in a little more traditional sense, so Rick can feel a lot more comfortable. We'll do that right after this. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Debo, for real, how'd you think that went? That was a that was an A minus right there. A minus. That's right. an A plus, Debo. Oh my God, everybody got what they wanted. The fans should be happy. You should be happy with yourself. I'm sure you're patting yourself on the back right now, like you always do after you. That's why you're not on the the show with people can actually see you because uh, you you pat yourself on the back so much during this damn thing. It's ridiculous. That's the I press think, conference. Uh, the biggest win there was Rick realized he, he needed a little more spontaneity in his life. There right? it is. <laughs> By the way, the diatribe you just gave uh, Debo, that's that's the press conference response you should give when you're up there as the Bears explaining why you took Dallas Turner first. Fans will love that. <laughs> Listen, you bunch of end greats. I know what I'm doing. Shut up and sit down. All right. <laughs> Who Here cares? We go. You got both players. <laughs> the order doesn't matter. I can, I can think back to uh, – Minnesota, this is basketball, 2009. The Timberwolves had back-to-back picks. They made a splashy pick, number one, and and with that being the fifth overall pick with Ricky Rubio. That's the splashy pick. And then they drafted another point guard, number six, with Johnny Flynn, Ryan Syracuse guy. The only problem with that was that Steph Curry went a pick later. So. Hopefully, uh, I don't think Joe Alt is going to be the Steph Curry in this scenario, <laughs> but I understand where Ryan's coming from. I don't. You had nothing to do with that. those picks, right, Rick? No. <laughs> okay, just to be clear. <laughs> uh, all right. Joe Alt is Steph Curry. That's a new one. 
usually that's that's uh, safe for our guy Bryce. All right, here we go. I saw Debo put this out on the YouTube machine the other day. So thanks to all you guys who answered the YouTube submissions. Make sure you are subscribed to NFL on CBS to get these updates so we can answer your mailbag questions. Hey, Ryan, before we get started in the yeah. mailbag question, can I ask it now that uh, I'm like free flowing uh, and I played pickleball with my wife the other day Okay, right? and I uh, love pickleball. I'm learning the game, uh, but I'm not much of a finesse guy. I'm a either smash it or not. Hulk again, Hulk. So, uh, I actually was playing against my wife. It was uh, me and my and my brother's wife against my wife and my brother. So we kind of mixed doubles, mixed doubles thing. Yeah. And I hit her twice as hard as I could. And is that wrong for me trying to win the match and her getting mad at me saying that? You're, you're not allowed to play mixed doubles with anyone else on the island going forward. Are you a bigger, are you more competitive than your brother? Uh, we, we've had some competitive competitions and I won't get into them beyond just the uh, normal. Uh, Has, was he smashing the ball at his wife? Uh, no, well, he was learning to play. So he's a pretty good athlete still. We're still pretty decent athletes, but I've played enough now where I can, put some steam on the ball and keep you understand low. that you have to go home with your wife after the match, right? Yeah. She had a big, well, right oh my God. you her hit her neck. there right below yes. the neck. Yeah. She was not very happy with me. So I'm sorry. Hot. I'm just trying to, I was, you know, born to win the game. That's Is your wife competitive? She was very mad. I can tell you that. Diva, what's your advice for Rick for hitting his wife with a pickleball at 98 miles an hour? <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Twice. Yeah. Oh my God. First time I got that look that I normally get once a day, you know, the, the, uh, cross-eyed look or the, uh, side eye. Side eye. Cro- Your wife is not cross-eyed. Your wife gave you the side eye. Yeah. And, and the next one was not very good. That, that was oh, a, God. uh, stern warning on, and how I'm not allowed to play mixed doubles anymore. Any thoughts? Yeah, I got no advice. I mean, he seems <laughs> down enough. I'm not going to kick him while he's down. That is wild to me. I mean, how long have you been married? 36 years. Still haven't learned a single lesson. All no, right. no. It's, it's called being a, uh, as Pete calls it, a meathead. A meathead. That is that is definitely a meathead move. Drilling your wife with the, the, the pickleball twice after being warned the first time. All right. Did you win at least? I did. Okay. Well, there's that. That you can, I got that you can enjoy that me. out in the outhouse. <laughs> yeah, I had to sleep out on the couch. But hey, I, I went out on the couch as a victor. You went out as a champ, <laughs> single but a champ. <laughs> All right. Thoughts up to to Rick's wife because she's got to live with Rick. Uh, did she make your your breakfast the next morning or not? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That's in the contract. <laughs> all's well that ends well please quit firing right, just so can we quit while i'm ahead before because i'm going to get more and more troubles we go along with yeah that's guess. that's crazy town usa it's like my uh as you say my bedside manner oh god if i was a doctor yeah i have tennis elbow debo and this guy just said get over it and that was his advice to me get over it all right chief re 42 asks should the bears keep justin fields and that's a question we change our minds on it feels like every single day 
All right, Rick. And uh, made up mock draft we just did with the trades. I'm assuming we kept Justin Fields because you took Dallas Turner and Roman Dunze. What are you doing in real life? Yeah, I think this is, uh, like I said, this decision is going to be a decision that probably will dictate the path of the Chicago Bears maybe going the next five to ten years on what they do here. The biggest argument on not keeping Justin Fields is they have all this cap space. They can go out and probably add a couple of key free agents. They still have to uh, hopefully franchise or sign back Jalen Johnson, the corner, who I think may be the top corner coming out the free agent market this year. Hey, can uh, I stop got- you real quick and ask you this? Yeah. What do you what do you have a chance to sign for Jerry Sneed? Yeah, they could. And, and can you imagine both of those guys? Right. Uh, or Montez Sweat, you go get Daniil Hunter uh, on the opposite side of him, the Russian passer. So that's why that mock, until we, we'll get even better at the mocks once we figure out who they sign in free agency. But if you keep Justin Fields, you know, he's got one year left on his contract. His fifth year option the following year is $22 million. I think the next year is scheduled to make three, six or something like that. But you're going to get into a situation where Daniel Jones got four years, $160 million, $92 million guarantee, $40 million average. Or if you have a chance to take Caleb Williams with a number one overall pick, do you start from there? Because he'll be under contract for four years. And I'm guesstimating it'll be fully guaranteed, but around $44, $45 million. So that's $10 million a year versus Justin Field potentially being – $40 million a year and double the guaranteed monies. Hey, you said sort of said it. And then you felt like you caught yourself starting from scratch with Caleb. You could be hitting the ground running with Caleb, not like CJ Stroud level, but it could be. So you don't happen. know that. I think it has the potential to be a CJ Stroud level. I, I mean, that's pretty high praise, but I think he has a chance to, to come in and, and play pretty well early on. Yes, I, I agree because of his athleticism, his arm talent, his ability to create on his own. And again, he's going to remember, and we've talked about this a hundred times, what C.J. Stroud looked like in that first preseason game in New England compared to what he looked like. And just knowing and watching and talking to some people, what they did was as they got closer to the season with C.J. Stroud, they just simplified it. Mm. And then as he got more comfortable, they kept adding more to his plate. And But if you're going to feed him with a fire hose, right off the bat, then you're, you know, then you're not going to have a chance or he's not going to have a, as good a chance as potentially let's put this in, let's get him to master this and we'll layer on top. And they have that hopefully with the new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron that they uh, just signed, who was the offensive coordinator out in Seattle. Let me ask you what you think of this. So let's say uh, if you're the Steelers, for example, you have Arthur Smith as the new offensive coordinator. Let's say you trade a second and a fourth for Justin Fields. That's that about right, second and fourth, for example? Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't argue that. I mean, just off the top of your head. Is it worth just taking a one-year flyer on Justin Fields for a second and a fourth to see where you're at because he's he has special physical talents, or is that overpaying for a one-year, essentially a one-year contract if it doesn't work out? Yeah, well, or you, 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 you see if you can put it, I mean, you're trading to hopefully him be the future of your, of your team. Because I don't think Pittsburgh, they're always going to be good enough with Mike Tomlin, either getting the playoffs or right there. I mean, he's never had a losing season. So are you ever going to have a top three or four pick in the draft? 
Probably not. So take a shot. But if you're going to do that, you probably want to do a two or three year deal. Or I think Justin Fields would want a two or three year deal. Uh, probably more than Jordan Love got. I believe Jordan Love got 13 million guaranteed. But Jordan Love has never started a game until this year. So Justin Fields has a pretty good history of starts, although he does have durability concerns. I can't remember the last time he, you know, if he's ever made it through a full six, 16 or 17 games without being injured. So those are some of the risks. But if you're going to do something like that, you try to at least do some kind of three-year deal. And your selling point to the agent is, listen, he comes in there, we'll give him more than the, you know, the base of it's going to be the 22 million fifth year option plus the three, six, so 30 million. So maybe let's say 30 million, uh, you know, making 15 a year for two years or, you know, whatever it ends up being, but something where you have him for the next two or three years. And I think he fit perfectly in an Arthur Smith uh, offense with them being able to run the ball and use the play action. So, and we talked about that during the season is that, when they played Atlanta, was that actually a uh, interview per se for Justin Fields on how he played against the Atlanta Falcons and Arthur Smith get actually getting to see him play live on the field and against them? Uh, one more question: Would you rather have, if you're the Steelers, Justin Fields or draft Michael Penix Jr. if he's there at twenty, for example? Justin Fields. I think so too. Debo notes that Tomlin's only had one top 10 pick during his tenure in Pittsburgh going back to 2007. And that's when they traded up for Devin Bush from 20 to 10. They were originally picking 20th and they probably shouldn't have done that in, in retrospect. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, Chief Reef 42 for that. Next up, Nikki CC 5508. Fan from Scotland. Can you believe that? That's my British accent. Are you thinking one of a bit of sticky wicket? There it is. There it is. So I was waiting for the old sticky wicket. He has a British Isles accent, Rick does. He doesn't di differentiate between countries. With the cap space and picks the commanders have, they are in position to add so much across the roster. Given the wide receiver depth this year, after taking a quarterback, would you in their position try to add a wide receiver and use free agency for the defensive end and offensive line additions, or would you take the best available to improve the defensive and offensive lines? Hmm. I think they need, they definitely need pass rushers. So I think it's you, what they'll do or, or just in general how it works out. I don't know what the commanders are going to do. I have to put that out there. Yeah, make the disclaimer. Know. You don't know. Mis disclaimer. I do not know. But they'll weigh the options of the strength of the draft at position, the strength of free agency at position, where they potentially are going to fill their needs and then go from there. So if they decide to go the route of – hey, we'll be able to get a pass rusher in the draft, you know, where and they're picking in the second round. Remember, I think they have, what, six, four, five, six picks in the first hundred? They got uh, the Bears second rounder for Montez Sweat, and they got a third rounder for Chase Young. Right. So they're going to have the ability to fill a lot of needs through the draft. New head coach, new general manager. So they have time to start building that through the draft. Uh, I don't know how active they will be in free agency, to be honest with you. Uh, if you look at the Detroit approach, they were very patient, uh, supplementing some things in free agency, but not overspending. And just what had the patience to 
build that roster through the draft. They have picks two, 36, 40, that's from Chicago, 67, and 100, and 100 is from San Francisco. So five picks in the top 100. And then they have the 102nd pick as well. So they have a lot of, a lot of ammunition as it is. Thank you, Nikki, C- uh, Nikki CC5508. Next up, it's Wink7785. Who do the Rams pick now that they finally have a first-rounder? I mean, whoever they take is going to be a home run because they've been crushing the draft. They didn't have a first-round pick last year. Last year, they took Steve Avila. You've got Kobe Turner, Bryant Young, Byron Young. I'm going to get Byron Murphy's name wrong every single time this draft cycle, too. Byron Young, uh, Puka Nakua, Puka Spielman, who we love. So if you're picking in the first round, one of my favorites, I'll throw out there to you, two of my favorites, Jackson Powers Johnson and um, Cooper DeGene are two of my favorites as terms of like Rams targets, feels like Rams players, but you can go in any direction you want, Rick. Yeah, I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. I think they do have a good running back. They have some skill guys. They can use help with the offensive line. I think they can swing back around and get offensive line help like they hit with with Steve Avila last year from TCU. Uh, But they're going to be in position to help, I think, the biggest need on their roster right now is the corner position. And you're going to be in position to get one of these top corners. Uh, You could also look at potential edge rusher to go along with Byron Young um, last year who had a, a great rookie year. But when you look at their roster, I just pulled it up. Um, Witherspoon and Duke uh, Shelley, both are unrestricted free agents. Their only other starting corner uh, was Durant, Kobe Durant out of South Carolina State that they took in the fourth round in 2022. They do not have any depth or any true starters or number one corner uh, on their roster right now. And I think this would be a huge hit if they can – get one of these top corners in this draft. All right. At 19, you're not getting, I don't think you're getting Quinn Mitchell. You're not getting Terry and Arnold. Who's next up for you? Who's off? Uh, Arnold's gone. I figure Arnold and Quinn Mitchell may be gone by 19. I could be wrong, but it feels like they'll be gone by then. Yeah, but they're going to have, I mean, you could go the gene from Iowa could be a pick. Um, you like know, Nate Wiggins or no? Wiggins, okay. I think that's still a little high from for him. Uh, McKinstry from Alabama. What about so, your guy, Rakestraw? Is that too high for him? That's too high for him. Although okay. I love love his tone setting ability, but I do believe they'll be able to get one of those top. They'll be able to get one of those top five corners. That Why are you down needed. on my guy Wiggins? Why is nineteen too high for him? Do we have to go through this again? Did you explain it to me before? He's tackling yeah, better. I understand he's long. He can run by better man coverage, better in zone. He improved as a tackler. He's skinny and he <laughs> needs to be more physical. All right. Uh, as a corner. All right. You have you have said that before. I didn't listen the first time. My bad. Or the second or the third, apparently. Or the second or the third. All right. Thank you. It's Wink7785. Rick thanks his defense. Next up. Joshua Garber, three, five, seven, six. How many quarterbacks are actually first round talents? So let's answer this question first, and then we'll answer how many, how many quarterbacks end up going in the first round. How many first round grades do you have on the QBs, Rick? Four. So you have Caleb, you have James. Uh, Who do you have? How many do you have? Why do I got to be the answer, man? I'll answer mine too. All right. 
Caleb? How many do you have in the first round? How many think are actual first round talented quarterbacks? I'm at four as well, but our fourth is different. Yours is JJ, mine is Michael Penix Jr. I'm guessing yours is JJ, right? Yes. And look, I could change on JJ, and I like what I saw. I just didn't see a lot of it. We know you and I talk about this to death. I'm concerned trying to project what that looks like. So I think you've said this before, and it makes sense. And it makes sense for all these guys, but fit matters. Like if you put JJ in San Francisco, he has more success than if you put him whatever the worst team that you can think of is as a quarterback. I, I think he would probably you put him in Carolina, he would be terrible. You put him in San Francisco or or with Bobby Sloak in Houston, perhaps he's a lot better. But yeah. You think his upside's higher than Michael Penix Jr.? Yes. Okay, I thought you might follow up on that. Uh is that just the injuries? Like He's a better athlete. I think he okay. is, and give Penix Jr. He's younger. He's he's got better upside. I think Penix Jr. is a good quarterback. I don't see him as a true graded as a first rounder, although he may go in the first round. We talked about the best deep ball thrower has enough mobility skills to buy a second chance, but he's not going to beat you with his legs. Where JJ, I think, is just there's so much untapped potential, and I just can't get that game out of my head when I see them let loose uh, against TCU where he was throwing the ball all over the yard uh, a year ago in the uh, Final Four uh, when they lost to TCU, but that was a shootout, and you actually seen him make every NFL throw he needs to make. That means to make better decisions. I think he'll grow, but I think he has the biggest upside, if that makes sense. How many quarterbacks end up getting drafted in the first round? Five. I think five is right. No Bo Nix? No. You didn't even hesitate. No chance of a Bo Nix? Maybe, but no, not in my (laughs) opinion. You're asking my opinion. Okay, relax. Good Lord. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you for that question. I like Bo Nix. We don't talk enough about him somehow, which is crazy because he's been around forever. All right. Ask this one more question. We'll take a quick break and we'll do some more. From Kyle Jorgensen, 01. Yeah, you may have. I'm actually interested if you have answered this question. Which quarterback has the highest ceiling in this draft? Is that J.J. McCarthy? J.J. McCarthy. Are you serious? More than More than Drake? I think all those guys are picks in the top three or four in this draft. Uh, But I think J.J. McCarthy, if you're talking about where, and again, I'm going by unwritten rules. If what you've seen here, like Caleb Williams can go from here to here. Yeah. Okay. He can go up. I think they all can go up. But who can make the biggest jump from what you see in the college to the NFL is J.J. McCarthy. Not that he will be better than Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden. I'm just saying he can make the biggest jump from what you evaluated at Michigan. And that's because we didn't see a lot of it. That's fair enough. So he could have a a Josh Allen type leap because Josh Allen was so wishy-washy. Although he's not as big or as thick or as strong arm as Josh Allen, but something where he... He has a higher ceiling because of where he started. Yeah. If that makes sense. Did you see Are any similarity? He has a higher ceiling than Caleb Williams. I'm not talking about the jump, but at their peak of what they can oh. be. 
Ooh. No, I'm saying that you're. <laughs> I'm taking the damn. I'm taking the question. <laughs> you now, can we go back to the draft? Because that mock draft was way easier. What I'm saying is, it's the question specifically says, if I can read this correctly, <laughs> which quarterback has the highest ceiling? Well, if if he's starting here and his ceiling's there, that's a higher ceiling for him. Although Caleb Williams is going to be better than him. Right. Yeah. Drake May is going to be better than him. Right. So, it, right. It's like uh, they're all starting on ground floor, but JJ starting four. He's four. He's on the fourth basement floor working his No, way what I'm saying is let's say Caleb's on floor number seven and he's going to 10. Yeah. Drake May's on floor number six. He's going to 10. Right. Yeah. Let's say JJ McCarthy's on floor number two and he's going to 10. That's a higher ceiling to me. Yeah, no, I get what you Am saying. I taking it li- too literally again, Debo? <laughs> Let us know in the comments because <laughs> I'm just trying to help you out here to clarify. Caleb Williams has the highest ceiling. Rick is saying Jay that McCarthy has the most room for improvement. That's it. There's the biggest window for growth for JJ McCarthy. What's the biggest room in the world? Room for improvement. Room for improvement. <laughs> Did you see any similarities in terms of how? Josh Allen was in college and how JJ was in college. No, Any, not, nothing there. No, because Josh Allen would throw the ball through a freaking six walls. <laughs> I mean, he had a cannon for an arm, which just if he does, he have touch and can he improve his accuracy, which he's done both. Well, JJ McCarthy doesn't about have JJ. the same arm talent that Josh Allen has. He's not as big as Josh Allen. No, so, but he can, no, he can no. improve his touch. We've talked about that. Yes. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got a few more mailback questions to answer right after this. All right. A few more mailback questions to go, Rick. Oh, my gosh. Did I write this one? From Average Ed 2466, should the Steelers trade three first-round picks, TJ Watt and George Pickens, to Chicago to move up to number one to pick this year's uh, to pick in this year's draft to take Caleb Williams? That's a lot. Sweet mercy. Yeah, that's a little rich for my blood. Hey, let me back uh, up. Let me ask you this. Would you do two first and TJ Watt if you're the big well, Okay, just let me ask you this question, Mr. Because you're a Steelers fan, right, Ryan? Of course. All right. What's the record without TJ Watt and with TJ Watt? Like one in, 15, is, one in 15 when he's not playing, something like that. Yeah, so how important is he to that team? He's more important than their quarterback that they currently have. I'll tell you that. So I would think that is pretty rich. Um, and who's to say that Caleb Williams and everybody, you know, but still an unknown. Yeah. So you're giving away, maybe you're, you're uh, maybe your most explosive playmaker on offense. You're the heart of your team and the most explosive playmaker on defense. And you're throwing away three future first round picks. Uh, For what? Yeah, for something that is projected to be really good, but it's still an unknown. Yeah, that's a lot, even for me. Like, um, I would hate to lose TJ Watt, but you'd have to be convinced that um, Caleb is the next Patrick Mahomes, and there's no proof of that. By the way, I saw a clip that someone that went around after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl the other the other night, where John Dorsey, John Dorsey, actually, I forgot this, he was the one who traded up for Patrick Mahomes. And he had to defend trading up for him and why he thought he was special. 
even though there were talking heads and luckily we weren't among those at the time who were saying that Patrick was a terrible pick. They shouldn't have done it. Yada, yada, yada. Shout out to John Dorsey for getting that one right. Uh, Cause that was an absolute grand slam. The best grand slam of, of all grand slams. Yeah. This feels a little rich for me Two firsts and a player. Like, I don't know if the bears would do two firsts and George Pickens. That feels like underselling it. Two firsts and TJ Watt feels like that might get it done, but the Steelers might be worse off in the long run. Or they're going to be rebuilding for a few, you know, and you have no future first round picks to fill back in. And then all you have is Alex Highsmith and no one else. I mean, you have our, our guy, Herbig, but he's not a every down player, isn't that right? No. All right. Thank you for that, average Ed. Next up, seven SE seven ENTP. I don't know if that spells. Maybe Debo knows. What's the highest Spencer Rattler can realistically go in the draft? I'm going to give you a number, Rick, and you tell me over or under that number. 45, the 45th pick in the NFL draft. Uh, are you kidding me? I'm very serious. <laughs> Middle of the I'll second round. A, I'll take that dollar bet, Debo. Absolutely. Yeah. What what like is over like over going higher or is under mean under going lower? That's usually what over and under means. Over means he goes later than middle of the second round. Then that that's under the pick, isn't it? Oh jeez. Under gets closer to one, and number one is the first overall pick. Oh, I, uh, th- then definitely over. All right, so you think he goes? All right, well, what realistically, what round does he well, go? Well, realistically, yeah. Realistically, he should go in the fourth. Oh, stop it! You loved him two weeks ago, but at the Senior Bowl, it probably slid him into the third. And you're but concerned no higher than a third round pick. Where on the list of concerns is his height? Is that pretty low in the list? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's just the decision-making. Yes. That's the biggest concern because he's tough. He has a great arm. Yeah. Okay. What if he smashes the combine? Ooh, yeah, Rick. Okay, then we're going to get into, okay, here we go again. Let's like uh, let's make an all-star out of Just trust what you watched on tape. No, what if he crushes the interviews though? What less about the running a four four five or whoever, whatever he does there? What if he crushes the interviews? That's great. Great kid. Love to have you. Third round. <laughs> okay, you went up around. All right. All right. Let's make that bet, Debo. Can I at least get 50 instead of 45 on the number? He goes. I think you 50. should be able to get 65 because that means the start of the third round. Just I think Ryan says he's a top two rounder. Rick says he's not. What do you think of that? You take that de- uh, bet, Rick? Yeah, all day long. All right, sixty-five is the number. What? Whatever. If that makes you try to get your at least try to get one dollar out of this whole damn thing, that's fine with me. Somebody said, feel guilty taking your money. Actually. Somebody said on the last podcast that I was so demoralized with all the dollar bets I was losing <laughs> in real time. All right, give me sixty-five on that number. I feel good about that one. I'll, I'll just give you that will give you a chance to have at least a chance. One dollar. Yeah, let let the man win a dollar. All right. I, but you're going to lose that bet. It's so funny. You come around on a guy, and then you, you backpedal because you, you were nice to him. You can you're making nice. a monster out of him. I can't wait to get him on the set and him, him to have a C.J. Stroud moment with you. That's going to be fun. <laughs> Let a brother I warm up. On, uh, I saw him on Radio Row last week, and I wanted to say something about Rick, but I withheld because I know we'll have that time. I look forward to that. All right. Next up, 
the fantasy sports family, the whole family of fantasy sports people here. They ask, how much, if any, do next year's prospects influence this year's picks? And that's a good question because I saw Daniel Jeremiah tweet out last week that there could be a run on quarterbacks this year because next year's class, as we sit here, doesn't look so hot. We don't know what's going to happen next year. But just is that something, is that any sort of math you do? No, you're so focused on this year's draft and trying to fill your needs. And I don't think what's, I don't ever, ever recall being in a draft for 30 some years say, hey, let's not take that guy there. There may be better guys next year because you can't predict uh, if they're, you know, especially if an underclassman, if they're going back or coming out, you can't predict injury. God forbid, let's say you put all your eggs in a basket to go get someone next year and then he has a devastating knee injury or something like that and it's not the same player. So to me, you can have kind of I, – I don't ever think it came into our planning on draft that, hey, let's worry about that next year. It's what do we got to do better? What We got to knock this out of the park this year in this draft uh, to see what we can do. We'll worry about next year next year. And that pertains to quarterbacks every position. Like you're not thinking ahead in terms of better or worse class. You're just trying to fix things right now. Correct. Yeah, no. Let's say you're putting your eggs in a basket on a quarterback. What are you saying? Well, you're going to be horrible next year and you want to lose so you can get the top three pick in the draft? Whoever goes into a season saying that. That's what they did in the movie Major League. Right. And what happens if you'd start trading uh, picks during a season or all of a sudden you're having success and you use one of those picks to try to go get a missing piece? For I mean, there's so many variables out there right. that can potentially happen. You can't worry about that. Just hone in and focus. Now, the only thing I would say is what I thought that we did uh, at times was if we had all the extra picks on Saturday, if I had, I would maybe convert some of those picks like a fifth to a fourth the following year or a sixth to a fifth the following year, just so I'd have more draft picks the following year, but never worried about who's coming out or what, what the draft classes. Yeah, it's hard enough trying to figure this out this year. I'm smiling because what did the Vikings fans say about Rick? You trade your mom for a draft pick? Is that what they said? I'd trade my mom for a seventh-round pick if it was offered to me. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever tell your mom that? Yeah, uh, no. All right, don't tell her. All right, that's a good question. Thank you. Finally, the last question. We saved the best for last, uh, Rick, from Steve Aureliana. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. If not, I apologize, Steve. The most important question of all, Rick, how many stress balls do you have and what's the worst take you've had? You've heard Ryan say that's been traumatizing to you. Well, now, long list that, of that one. Is that today? <laughs> Pick a day, Rick. Pick a day. Yeah. Uh, I would say I have eight stress balls in my desk. Holy cow. So I have oh this. I've got basketball. I've got some kind of old school soccer ball. Uh, Do you find I've a football got, in the season? I've got many footballs. Uh, I've got a squeeze ball in every travel bag that I have. So I would say a total of 17 squeeze balls. Oh, you counted them. When did you yes. first start using squeeze balls? Uh, when I started running drafts. Oh, really? These guys, yeah, this squeeze ball explodes. So I was actually on a show and I was squeezing this and it, it actually exploded on me. So, What's that on the inside? 
some kind of gel. It was and it was very sticky, and I had it all. I had to throw everything out, all over everywhere. Oh my god! So, <laughs> Walking calamity. Yeah, uh, and you also exploded the the beach ball size squeeze ball. Those are no good. Yeah, those those, those were filled with that gel. So. And I found out this one's the most reliable when I'm doing <laughs> these podcasts because it's the thickest. <laughs> Get your blood going. Yes. And you can squeeze it uh, as we try to go through these players with Ryan and me just trying to fill a role in the, as a scout in the uh, corner. So will you? I, mean, I will tell you this year, so far, the things that irritated me the most yeah. uh, about your player evaluations uh-huh. patrick paul drives me crazy that's funny spencer rattler drives me crazy even though you love him now <laughs> the one that says you when you said that jj mccarthy's not worth a fourth round pick that one i say that out loud you. i didn't say that out loud did i you don't you don't you said you hate jj mccarthy how dare you sir i don't hate anyone Okay, not hate. You don't think he'll be a successful quarterback in the NFL? No, we'll see. I don't. I just don't know a lot about him. That's all I'm saying in terms of what he was asked to do at Michigan. I hope he has a great career. Because he's a fine young man. He's a fine young man. Will you admit on this podcast right now that my comps have gotten better from last year? I will say that you have 100% gotten better since we've been working together. Because you were... I, I find it harder and harder to be sarcastic because... It takes some time for me to really think, well, that's actually a pretty good point. How about that? Uh, yeah. You have Debo. I don't know if he's improved because I still don't get the rules on everything that we do the right way or the chronological order on how we do things. And there's some typos in some of the things he sends. Oh, God. But you have gotten a lot better over a year. I I'll take that. that. That's I'll take that that positive job review. And you and Debo share you have music. You'll you'll always have that. You guys are the uh the we'll DJ. Have that and sunsets together. And sunsets. <laughs> All right. That's it. I think that went pretty well, Debo. Good call on the uh mock draft with trades. I think Rick actually secretly loved that. Rick, do not fire any more pickleballs at your wife, please. Go cut your mom's grass. Think about what you've done wrong. <laughs> yeah. I just want to win. All right. Well, you're on the right podcast for that because you, uh, the dollar bets uh, have uh, proven that you're winning a lot. All right. We'll be back next Tuesday. Debo, do you know what we're doing next Tuesday or is that a surprise? Yeah. We're in combine preview mode. Oh, man. Combine's, geez, less than two weeks away. Rick and I will be there. Debo will be there. I think Josh Edwards will be there. Emery Hunt will be there. Everyone of the brother will be there, so we'll have a lot to talk about starting next week. So that'll be the combine preview. Anything else, Debo, we need to know? Unfortunately, Pete Prisco will be there too. Pete and, Prisco, uh, I forgot about Pete. We have a cap on his appearances in the show. He was yelling yesterday, I need time to study these guys. Quit bothering me. So we're gonna hopefully he'll be studied up and he can give us his opinions on which players will be successful and which players won't. So that's something else to look forward to uh, in the meantime. Great job today, Rick. You did a great job on the all-trade mock draft. That was fun. Thanks to all you guys who watched and listened. Thanks for listening uh, for sending in the, the questions. Those are all great questions. Remember, we're still doing the five-star review, so go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, and the name of an FCS or FBS player who was in this draft, and we will evaluate him. They're most likely 
going to be at the Combine, so that'll be great, too. Uh, in the meantime, thanks to my guy, Rick. Thanks to Devo for producing, and we'll see you guys next Tuesday.